morning, evening, or afternoon. What's up with the what's up? I'm your host, The Coach, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Believe in the Business of Fitness. Today, you have the pleasure of sitting in on my interview with my primary coach and fast up-and-coming amateur fighter, Jameson Weber. You're going to learn a lot in this episode. It's very hard to condense this into a couple of sentences for you, but you're going to learn what does it take to be a fighter, as always. You're going to learn the difference between the pro game and the amateur game, especially if you tuned into our last episode of Romero Cotton. You're going to learn, you know, if the fight game is even ready for you and when it's time to make the jump to becoming a professional. There's so much rich information in this episode that for anyone that's a fight fan and that's looking to get into the fight game or the fighting side of business, um, this episode is definitely for you. With that said, roll it. Well, first off, Jameson, the red dot himself. Thank you for deciding to come on. We're glad to have you. You are actually going to be our first amateur fighter that we're featuring in the series. So for all our listeners out there who haven't had a chance to read your bio yet in the notes, go ahead and introduce yourself and let them know exactly what you do. Hi, how y'all doing? I'm Jameson Weber, the red dot himself. I am an amateur kickboxer, Muay Thai fighter on my way to become a professional. And I am also a athletic trainer. You know, you can follow me at Instagram, by Jameson. All right. Yep. And for all of you out there who don't know, uh, this is what I can, this is who I consider my primary trainer. Uh, as you'll find out throughout the next months to come, um, I have some self ambitions that I want to get accomplished. And you've actually done a really good job of helping me get there and realizing what it takes, not only from a technique standpoint, but from a timing standpoint as well. So before we get too deep, I want to thank you for that. Man, no problem, man. I appreciate it, man. And that's what I'm here to do, man. I'm a trainer. I'm a fighter. Come get a good experience from me. I know what I'm doing. I got a good basic standpoint. It's all about the basics, man. For sure. So uh, let's take it back first, really far back. Growing up as a kid, what type of sports and activities were you involved with? And did you have any key indications that let you know that you might actually be a decent fighter early on in life? Well, honestly, growing up, man, I just played basketball and football. I ran track a little bit in high school. You know, for the most part, it was always basketball and football. Um, I honestly didn't know that I was going to be a fighter until I got into my first fight in school, actually. And from there, that's when I was like, you know, yeah, I got in trouble. Afterwards, talked to my parents, let them know I wanted to train, I wanted to box, you know. Started off boxing, and boxing got a little boring for me. You know, I wanted to kick, I wanted to wrestle, you know, so started to get into MMA and kickboxing, and I went from there. So they didn't send you to go live with your uncle and auntie in Bel Air? Nah, <laughs> they never did nothing like that, man. It was... It was tough, though, because growing up, I was the small guy, man, so people always felt like they could pick on me or, you know, and I'm I'm not the guy you can bully, you know. I didn't get big until way after high school, years later, you know. So uh, I have a not really similar story in that route, but same thing like you. I got into a few fights in school, and my parents actually, they sent me, my mom, she actually sent me over to Crenshaw in L.A. to go to school because I had to finish out the year there. Yeah. And uh, I think it's always, I think it's interesting because the things I got in trouble for in Kansas, they were nothing, literally nothing in L.A. Like, my teachers were literally like, okay, you can go to your next class, bye. So, because you're from L.A. originally, right? Yes, sir. What part of L.A. are you from? Inglewood. Inglewood. Okay, cool. Uh, grow, do you think growing up in Inglewood kind of had a, a a purpose for you kind of growing up there and kind of helped shape the way you are now? Because I remember when I went there, similar to you, 
Um, I got picked on a little bit at first. After my first fight, though, it kind of stopped. I think everyone kind of realized you can do it, but you're not you're not coming out of here clean. Was that kind of more of your experience too, or was it like like you kind of had to set the example? I kind of had to set the example a little bit, you know. Um, first, my first week of high school, man, it was like, oh, the the fresh meat are here, you know. They're thinking they're gonna just be trash canning people and yeah. you know picking on us. And it was tried with me the first time, and it stopped in and there, you know. But from there, it seemed like it was always like that. You know, even going out with my friends sometimes, you know, we're at high school house parties and whatnot. You know, kids are drinking, people are acting a fool, you know, just, you know, crazy stuff, man. But I honestly didn't know that I really was going to take this serious. And I just knew it was another gift I had and just can't let it go to waste, you know. Yeah, definitely. Well, and you were an athlete too, right? Uh, yeah. Like varsity basketball thing and yeah. stuff like that. Growing up in high school, those earlier years, did you realize you had a target on your back at times? Kind of just like, you know, you're the basketball guy. I know you said you didn't get bigger until later, but when you're kind of that dude and you're in the circles, people, at least from my experience, they tend to have a tendency to want to kind of make a name off you. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a show like, you know, such, such isn't that big of a deal yeah. or, I could punk that guy. And I want to bring that up because when you talk about martial arts, kickboxing, Muay Thai, uh, some of the things we're going to talk about later, I think it gets a bad rap sometimes, especially from parents. They think like, you know, kids are just going to go out and beat up everybody. That's not the case. Most of the time, I feel like in our situation, you don't have a choice. If you don't do it, it you will continue to be bullied. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on that track? Honestly, I feel like, yeah, yeah, I got a target on my back, you know. Um, I guess you could say I kind of hung out with the popular crowd when I was growing up. The smallest, one of the smallest ones out the bunch, you know, I'm skinny, I'm short, you know, and just, just being black in America, period, you know. Yes, I feel like I had a target on my back. Always, always facing adversity, and adversity is what's going to, gonna make you in those type of situations, you know? It's either you do it or you don't, and you become either or, you're gonna become that guy. Which guy do you wanna be considered, though, is the thing. Exactly. So, earlier you mentioned you were you were in a boxing first. It got a little stale for you. You wanted to kick, you wanted to do some other things. Transitioning out of high school, uh, what were some of your options? Did you kind of know you were going to go right into fighting? What was your what was your thought process after that? Um, I honestly planned to go to the military, and I had a long talk with my dad about it. He was in the Navy. He went to uh, Vietnam um, around that time, and we had like a you know kind of a long deep discussion about it. And from there, I changed my mind. Um, I tried school out a little bit, went for psychology. School was pretty cool, um, and then around that time I was still training. I was starting to take it serious, and then you know it comes getting a job that's getting in your way. Living in California is pretty expensive, so I kind of took a break from it for a while. You know, tried to focus on school a little bit. Um, you know, made some mistakes here and there, slowed down the process, and I finally got my head on straightforward. Uh, one of my mentors. Um, been on me about it, you know, you need to get back in there, you need to get in the ring, you need to get some fights up, 
you could be a champion, you know, just in my head. And from there, I was like, you know, this is what I'm going to do. So, you know, you mentioned um, you gave the school route a try and uh, kind of put training on hold for a little bit. Uh, what, what college did you attend um, when you were giving it a shot? So I went to UAV, the University of Randall Valley. Okay. And it was a pretty cool school. I really didn't. The, the classes just, it just wasn't for me. You know, especially trying to work and maintain a job, make money at the same time. It was yeah. a little, it was a little rough. Yeah. Well, and it's California, right? Yeah. It, everything. It's all, it has been expensive in our lifetime and it will continue to rise. Yes, sir. I, I want to touch back to the conversation you had with your dad. Um, as everyone knows, my father wasn't around when I grew up. Um, it was kind of a big surprise to my friends just because of how disciplined I was, but I got my discipline through sports. And your dad was a Navy man. Uh, as many of you, as many of you know, um, I actually tried to go the Navy route um, after I got done with college, but they were cutting down on the military, and it wasn't it. But my uncle, he served um, as well, and okay. he's no longer with us. He, he you know, he, he unfortunately he took his own life. But I'm sorry it was, to hear that. yeah, it, it happened. But it, yeah. you know, but he even told me, he goes, wasn't the best thing for him. He just it, it messed with his head. He never got on right. My grandfather was even kind of like. And I, he said, if he could go back and do it again, the experiences, yeah, but probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah. So the reason why I ask that is because what was the factor for you in that conversation that made you go, military is not for me? Just thinking about the risk, all the risk. Um, I had my son. He was just turned one. You know, I had him a few months before I graduated high school. And just like, you know, was I ready to, to leave, you know, leave aside, you know, okay, stuff like that. Was I ready to risk my life and, you know, die for this, you know? And once I got down deeper into it, I'm like, if it comes down to it, yes, but I know I have a deeper purpose than just going to give my life to someone else. No, there's a lot of respect for that. That's not a decision you make lightly. Um, and um, so, do you only have? So you said you mentioned your son. Um, do you only have one uh, one kid, or? Um, no, I have four children. Okay, four. Yeah. What are their ages, if you don't mind me asking? I have a nine-year-old, a four-year-old, three-year-old, and a two-year-old. Okay, yeah. that's I a have, nice little spread. Yeah, I have two two boys, two girls. Yeah. We have a lot of girls running around, or well, running around in our family uh, coming up now, and I'm looking man, at the women shirt. run the population, man. Women run the population, but yeah, my kids, man. This is that's my biggest dedication right there, my biggest purpose. You know, I know I have to do it. I have to do it for them. You know, my parents, they did their best for me. You know, I'm not gonna, not one of those guys that's gonna say I was, you know, had to grow up too rough. You know, we didn't have everything, but we had it. You know, we had what we needed. You know, my parents weren't weren't broke. You know. My mom worked, my dad worked, you know, and he was a retired veteran, you know, so that paid off a little bit, you know. Um, my parents got divorced when I was in the third grade, and I kind of feel like that was, that impacted me the most out of everything, you know. Okay. That right there. Um, was it just, was it the bounce back between homes, or was it just, you know, your idea of a family just not being what you thought it was anymore. 
I mean, well, you know, I was a kid, you know, third grade. I really didn't know what my idea of a family was. I just knew my whole life my dad was right there. And then one day I'm going here to see him, coming here to see mom. You know, he has to come pick me up. He has to drop me back off. Yeah. You know, things like that. Um, when it came to my sports events, they would both show up, you know, and probably about the only time I'd get them to sit down together, you know. Other than that, it was just, I don't know, it was just different. You know, I didn't know how I felt about it. I knew it affected me. I didn't know how to say anything about it. You know, I didn't I didn't know anything at the time. You know, I'm a kid. I'm still learning about my emotions and how I feel and think and everything. And growing up as a kid, you know, just hanging out, that was something that affected my mentality, you know, growing up, you know? Yeah. No, definitely. We, um, divorce has a significant impact on everyone in the family. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not going to make this about me, but I was one of those kids where when it did happen between my stepmom and my mom, it had no effect on me whatsoever. Cool. Um, where I was lucky, but Courtney, my fiance, it had a huge impact on her life. It, there are still aspects of her life where it affects her today. So to know that you know, you're you're mature enough to recognize that it had an impact, but it seems like you have a no excuse mentality now of just you're gonna do whatever it takes to make it happen for your four kids. Yeah. That's really that's really powerful itself. Mm-hmm. So you came from California, you decided to come uh, down here to Phoenix. Uh, when when exactly did you move down here to Phoenix? Um, I moved to Phoenix in last September. Okay. Uh, my sister's been down here maybe about four or five years now. And she's been telling me, like, you should move out here. You should move out here. You know, it's a good opportunity. Um, I lived in Vegas for a little bit before I moved out here. Uh, I went back home, and then I just realized why I left California, you know. So from there, I'm like, all right, I'll come out there and give it a try. And been here since. I like it. You know, it's good. It's nice people out here. It's a lot of opportunities, you know. It's a way to get ahead. Not really too familiar with the area, still learning, you know, but no distractions for me. You know, I could work, I get to train, do do what I love to do every day, regardless if it's myself or other people, you know. So, so it was a good good decision I made. I feel like you can actually go to the store without seeing twenty people you grew up around, and yeah, and uh, you don't have to justify everything you do just because someone sees you every day. Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. It's way different way different from being somewhere where you know somebody or everybody knows you familiar faces it's way different you know and then it's just surprising like there's so many nice people here you know i haven't i haven't had a rude grocery encounter out here anything anything of the sort you know it's it's pretty dope actually i'm glad he emphasized he didn't uh, I do agree. Yeah, there are a lot of good people here. There, there yeah. really are. Um, there's some infrastructure that needs to change just with the flood of people coming. I, I'm part of that to blame too, so don't yell at me in the comments. But I do agree. There is a lot of opportunity here. Yeah. So you already dedicated to training, and now you're training out of Legion MMA up yeah. in Surprise, correct? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, it's in Phoenix. Oh, sorry, Phoenix. Yeah. Apologies, Phoenix. What made you pick Legion out of all the gyms we have here, and just for those out there who are still getting familiar with the fight game, and I'm new to it myself, you know, you got the lab, there's fight ready out west in Scottsdale, 
there are six or seven small gyms that you, I guess you consider out in the boondocks spread mm. out in the outer city that are still putting out fighters too. And you have Legion. What really stood out about Legion for you? Man, I went to Legion in May to spar and I had so much fun. The coaches were talking to me and telling me, you know, come to a couple classes. And my first day training with one of their coaches, man, it was just, it felt like I was supposed to be there. You know, I knew I can grow from here. Like, this is why I came here, you know. My sister's been telling me to come here for a while now. I come out here, I get a job at a gym training people, you know, in no time. That was another blessing. And then I go train at Legion and the feeling that I get from it, I just knew it was all lining itself. It was all coming out how it was supposed to be. And man, since I've been at Legion, man, I love it, man. The, the training there is, is good. The coaches are wonderful. They all know what they're talking about. Um, and they're teaching us straight discipline, you know, the basics. Like I said, the basics are everything. You can't do anything without them. You know, dedication is everything. You, to me, you strike me as someone who goes a lot based off of intuition, feeling. And I want, to, I want to touch back on that later when it comes to the fight game. But it sounds like you like you had a gut feeling like, this is where I'm supposed to be at. This is where I'm supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. Would, to anyone that's looking to getting in, into training, um, what, what should they look for in a gym when they want to take it seriously? They should look for communication, one, communication with the coaches during, in and outside the gym. Okay. Number one. Number two, the people, the people that's in that gym too. Look at them, see how many good fighters are in there. And if there are any good fighters in there, are there any people that you can train with outside the coaches that will improve your game? You know, you want to train with people that's better than you. You want to train with people you can learn something from. And not always people that are better from you, but know different things than you do, you know. And I've seen that there. You know, they have a lot of great fighters. They have guys more offense than me. They have a few pros, um, a couple of retired fighters. You know, me, I, I can stand up, you know, all day long, you know. The MMA rounds are a little different. You know, it's not all about standing up. You know, I could wrestle a little bit, you know, here and there. But they have some guys there that are really, really advanced. You know, some great guys right there. Definitely. Uh, what's, the, what's the saying? Iron, sharp, uh, iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah, iron sharpens iron. Yes, it, it does. does. Big believer in that. So, you know, you come out here and, you know, you find Legion MMA. How much did you actually know about the fight game itself on the business side before you moved out here? Honestly, I didn't know much. You know, I was still learning. Um, when it comes to this fight game, it's a lot of politics in this game, you know, and it's big. It's real big. And a lot of people are starting to come. Like, the fight game was not as popular, like, before, a few years back. This 2022 and further, this game has been going crazy, man. You have the UFC's been running things for years. Now you got one FC. They're 
up and coming, man. They have different, so many different divisions. They have MMA, boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, you know, and that's crazy. That's that's really legit to be one brand and you have all these different styles, all these different competitors, you know. Yeah. And it's so many different competitors, even fighting as an amateur, you know, trying to go into being a pro. It's a lot of other guys that are out there hungry, too, you know, a lot of wolves out there. So and, I, and when we're talking about the fight game, I want to break it up into the physical side of it. And then I want to talk more about the business and the economics of it. For sure. So on the physical side, someone, you know, I'm just going to use me as an example because we know where I'm trying to get to here in the next year. Someone says, you know, they want to pull the trigger. Hey, I want to get started. I want to know what it takes to be a fighter. What type of physical attributes would you say is a must for any core fighter? And let's just kick it. Let's just keep it to kickboxing and Muay Thai. Let's keep it simple for right now. Physical man, it's draining. It's real straining on you, especially getting ready to prepare for fights, cutting weight, dieting. You know what you can and cannot eat. Water, 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 water. You know, it's it's draining. The the sprinting, the working out, the training, the sparring, you know, the rounds, round, 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 round after round, you know. It gets a little it gets a little stressful sometimes, you know. And once again being an amateur, not yet being a professional, it's a little bit more stressful too on the mind, you know, just you're doing this off of pure dedication, you know. All the time at home you spend, you just sleeping, resting, trying to get as much rest as you can, still having to get up and go to work, you know, come home, make food, you know, dinner and everything, laundry, just the day-to-day life is just stressful, a little bit more stressful, I feel like, versus the average person. How much time a day would you say you dedicate to, to training? About five to six hours a day. Five to six hours a day training. So we got five to six hours a day training. Seven hours of sleep. Maybe six or five sometimes because still have to get up and go to work. You know, still got to put in that time at the job. Okay. Cleaning up. You know, making sure everything's tidy at the house. So that's twelve hours right there. Um, sleep. Sorry, training. Sleep. Twelve hours. Let's just say typical eight-hour workday, right? Yeah. Okay, eight-hour workday, 20, four hours. And those four hours, those are the hours that you have for your kids, yeah. I'm assuming? Yes, sir. Your kids, your personal errands you got to run. Um, not a lot of time. It's not. It's not. And I try to get as much time as I can, you know, to be free with them. You know, it's seven days out the week, so... I'll at least try to get one full day out that week that I can just spend with my kids, you know, nothing but that, you know, hanging out, regardless if we're in the house, going to go out, watch a movie or something, go to dinner, you know. Yeah. And now I want to flip it to the, the economic side, the, um, where the money comes in. You got you to gotta work. You're an amateur. Yeah. You know, what type of jobs are most fighters doing while they're trying to climb their way up the ranks? Um, so man, I'm working two jobs, man. I was working overnight, training people, you know, at the gym during the daytime. Um, I would say most fighters that are amateur right now are probably 
working security gigs, warehouse jobs, or maybe a physical trainer, you know, most common. Um, anything other than that, you know, some some guys get lucky early as an amateur already have a management team, you know, somebody that's there, got their back, you know, you don't have to do anything but train, you know, those guys, those guys got it good, you yeah. know. And that's a, that's a similar situation that Romero Cotton talked about uh, when he got into the fight game um, on one of our previous episodes. So if you want a little bit more detail on that, uh, feel free to go back there. But you, you um, a lot like my background, you started off training. What, how did you know that you could actually train people? Like, what was the, what was the aha moment where you realized, like, I can take what I know and help someone else further advance to help me further advance in my career? Man, it was one time my mom um, took me to church with her. She woke me up. I don't know. Um, it was so early in the morning. She woke me up to go to church with her, and I went to church. And one of the guys there I've been knowing since I was a kid, he asked me if I could help him get in shape. And from there, he passed on a few people to me. And after that, I'm like, you know, I could really do this. I started going to my local Planet Fitness and asking people if they needed people, if they, you know, Planet Fitness doesn't really have any physical trainers. So me, I just joined the gym myself. Started talking to guys, women, um, you know, giving people all tips, you know, helping people here and there. People started calling me. Yeah. Hey. Can you help me? Can we get on the schedule? You know, how much do you charge? And from there, I'm like, I can do this. You know, and this is something fun. I love being in the gym. The gym feels like home to me, you know. We're a little bit more similar than I thought. Um, it's going to sound like a repeat uh, for a lot of you out there. But, yeah, because that's very similar to my training start. Uh, I was just kind of working out, doing my own thing, and people just kept coming up to me asking for help, asking for tips, right? Yeah. Uh, as you all know, as I refer to it, the great layoff happened to me, and then I decided I was going to start training on the side for extra cash. And my first place that I started off from a commercial standpoint was Planet Fitness. Okay. Yeah, they actually hired me on as a trainer um, after I got my ACE certification and everything, and yeah. uh, yogas and all that came in afterwards. But that's that's interesting that you kind of, that you started off there too, because the reason why I bring that up. You got to have a personality. You got to know how to communicate and talk to yeah, people. Yeah, you got to know how to talk to people for sure. You got to know how to talk to people. You got to know. You got to know who you're training with too. You have to know what people need. Some people need a little aggression. Some people need to be yelled at. Some people you need to talk to calmly. You know, you got to know who you're communicating with. You got to fill off the energy that they're giving out. You know. Yeah. And for the business crowd out there, that message should sound very familiar because the basics of marketing is know your audience. Who are you talking to? What do they want? Yeah. You're not going to approach us the same way that you're going to approach our mothers. If you do, you're not going to get the results you want. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Definitely. So I want to take a transition here right now. Uh, you you realize, based off your gut reaction, your skills. You know, mom woke you up. You started getting word of mouth going around. You're getting people in. You realize that you want to take the training to another level and become a fighter. How did you leverage your skills? Um, most recently to help promote, to help promote yourself and your fight game um, to where it is now? Honestly, the work I put in training myself, that's where I really get all my skills from. Um, watching other people, learning from the guys I'm training with. From there, you know, I know I can pass on my knowledge to 
people who need it. Some people can put in that dedication in the gym, but they don't know where to start. You know, when I first started working out, I didn't know where to start. Mm -hmm. You know, I just started one day and I found something that was for me. Found a good program online, just, you know, looking certain things up, going to like school courses for it and everything. From from there, bro, it's, you know, it's, it's not too hard, honestly. It does get difficult. You know, some people lack that motivation. Some people really need that extra push, you know, and a big push, not just a small one. You feel me? Yeah. yeah. But being the owner of your own business, your own business, I'm, I'm going to say it for you, being you, yeah. the fighter, the kickboxer, um, you don't have that luxury of having someone kick you in the butt, though. You have to be a self-starter yeah. to get that going. The reason why I bring that up is flipping it back to the fight side of it now. Have you ever met a good fighter that needed to be kicked in, like that needed someone to get on them about training? Yeah. You have? Yeah. Okay. Now, do you, did you, was that surprising to you at all? Because that's surprising to me. Is, um, um, now, not that it's surprising. I, I honestly went through um, a couple of things during my my training, you know, just once again, you know, being an amateur is hard. You know, sometimes you lose that motivation, you know, getting up to go train every day and fights that, you know, you're not getting any benefit for other than racking up your record, you know, looking for someone to sponsor you, looking for some type of management, you know, trying to make it as a pro and you're on your own, you know. Some guys make it to the pros and they have a ticket already. You know, they have people that's willing to invest from them and jump, you know, or they got their family behind them that can give them money. And, you know, you don't have to do anything but trim. You get me? So, yeah, sometimes you need that. As a fighter, you need that kick. You need that push, you know. Okay. That's, and I know we talked about this on a previous episode too, but it seems like that support is really crucial. The support to, is definitely crucial. To yes, the sir. success of a fighter. Yes, sir. Uh, who, I mean, if you don't want to answer, you can always um, buy to skip it. But has there been anyone or any uh, company or individuals out there that have really been your support out there that, that really helped you get here now? Um, yeah. So my best friend's dad is a pastor. And as growing up as kids, we used to get into a lot of trouble, man, fighting at school or, you know, at parties and stuff. And he knew, like, you, this is something you guys can really take and use. And he was always in my head about you need to go get in a gym. You need to train. You need to take this serious. You have a natural gift. You need to tone it up, you know, with, with some technicalities. And I honestly think him right there, he 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 was my number one supporter. You know, he was the one who pushed me to do this. Mentorship and and the mentorship and the personal life. Yeah, that's transferred over into the business side. Yes, almost. sir. Oh, that's it. I love it. Yeah. That, that's a great story. Yeah, and I want to touch on this. I think we all know, right? Fighting in the street versus fighting a train, uh, someone who's trained, it's not the same. It's not the same at all. It's not yeah. even close to the same. Yeah. In the street, I'm perfectly, I think I'm, I'm very comfortable. Yeah. Stepping in just in our training session, seeing how you work, seeing how Liam works, seeing how Brennan works, Alex works, going to see your fights. Uh, knockout of the night here, by the way, um, over at the Stratus. 
of yes, the sir. last fight. We'll have we'll actually have the link to that video if it's available or and to the highlights as well. Uh, it's not the same at all. No, it's not. Do you think you had a natural gift uh, just just for fighting? Yeah, I felt like that. Yeah, yes, I did. Um, once again, going back, growing up, getting into trouble. Most of my trouble in school was from fighting. You know, I had good grades. I played sports. You know, I I didn't really ditch class, ditch school, or anything. You know, so fighting became natural for me. Being a small guy, I'm gonna be the first to fight. You know, if you think you can just bully me or disrespect me, you know, I'm not taking anything from anybody. You know, I don't care how big you are. You're just going to have to show it to me. Right. Yeah. Okay, excellent. The reason why I say it is because you hear that all the time on the big promotions, the PFL, UFC, Bellator. Yeah. There are some guys out there, they just can fight. Yeah. They don't. They can't even explain it to them themselves. They literally just say, I just I just step in, somebody rolls this way, <laughs> I throw this, and then that's, it just works. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I say it is because and there are a lot of guys out there, they're the opposite. They they will tell you, like, I don't have that natural fight instinct, but I will work my ass off. Where do you think the the sweet in between is for you? Do you think that your hard work over overcomes? Or I'm sorry, do you think your natural talent um is enhanced by your hard work? Or do you think that in a way, even if you didn't work this hard, you could still got here? Honestly, I think hard work is everything. Um, natural talent is natural talent. Something that I just learned and another reason why Legion stuck with me is because it's hard to combine natural talent with the technique that you learn. Mm-hmm. You know, one will overpower the other and naturally natural talent, which you've been doing your whole life, which you're used to, your style of fighting is what you're going to stick to. You know, so you need to learn how to form other things into that. And that was something that I just learned, honestly. Street fighting, fighting in the ring is completely different. But if you can combine the two, you can be a dangerous person. You can be dangerous. You can be a problem in that ring. Would would it be safe to say that's how a fighter's style comes together? Yes, you can say that. That's how a, a style is starting to be formed, yes. Okay. At least I can say that for me. You know, what would you say is your style? My style is just all off of feel. You know, um, I kind of want to say I'm a little bit of a counter guy, but you know, I'm on the attack at all times too. You know, I'm aggressive, not but not too straightforward. You know, I really can't speak and say what my style is. Honestly, it depends on the moment and who I'm fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, I can I can adjust. You know? I'm definitely going to agree with you on the aggression part. Uh, yeah. That last fight, it seemed like when you knew that you had him, you didn't wait. It was just, I need to get him out of here. Yeah, you know, we're not we're not playing with anybody. You know, I'm gonna go home and play with my kids. That's what we're gonna do. You know, I smell I smell blood in the water, and that's what it is. You hands up at all times, and if they're not. You let me get comfortable in that ring, you're going to regret it. I like to hear that. So, obviously, you're coming off a knockout of the night. You got another fight coming up here at the end of June as well. 
Um, obviously, you're looking for a big victory there, yeah. looking for a big finish. In the next six months to a year, what, what are some goals that you want to get accomplished? Goals in the next six months? Um, I want to get my belt, man, before, before that six months. Get my professional contract, you know, keep building up my clientele. Um, I also want to start my own business with working with the youth. Okay. You know, I know it's a lot of kids out there that need a straightforward program or, you know, an outlet. You know, kids go through a lot of things and they don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to speak on it. But if you put them in the right setting, they can at least let it out, you know. So I want to start that going on. Okay. I want to touch back on two things there. First off, um, you said you want you want the belt, right? Yeah. You're uh, currently you're an you're an amateur. Um, what is the significance of getting that belt at your level? That belt at my level that gives me a a big step forward to becoming a professional, getting looked at, getting someone that wants to sign me, or even. My next fight, having people in the stands that can actually offer me something, you know. Mm -hmm. Coming off a big knockout, did you have people lining up to fight you, or has it been a little bit tougher to find a fight? Um, it's been a little tougher to find fights, actually. Um, that last fight, I was going off of three months of training. Um, I had a fight. It got canceled, unfortunately, and I scheduled immediately for another one. And that same fight, I had another guy that I was supposed to fight, and he backed out of the fight. Um, personal issues, you know, things happen. Sometimes things happen, and it's a little bit more important than this fight, you know. So we had to wait on another guy to sign for the fight. Then I had to readjust my training, mm -hmm. you know, from fighting the guy I was supposed to fight to fighting somebody different, you know. But to me, it's all in the same. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Doesn't matter who steps in there. You're, you're ready to fight. I'm ready to fight. Yeah. All right. So, and then second part of that, you talked about clientele. Now, there's three parts, actually. I apologize. You talked about building up clientele. You got great word of mouth. We, I've seen it. Um, there's going to be some video playing while this is going to show you doing some work there as well. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure you got a ton of reviews already. Why do you think people are so attracted to you when it comes to getting, tra uh, getting training? Well... For one, I know how to talk to people. I know how to communicate with people. Communication is everything. You know, the wrong communication can end something good before it even gets started, you know. And number two, they see me. I'm fighting. I'm dedicated to do this. You know, obviously becoming a fighter, you have to be physically fit. You know, you know you have to know how to stay in shape doing this. You know, you cannot be out of shape being a fighter. And I could say just those two things right there, that is one of my biggest attractions, my two biggest attractions. Probably. Quick recap out there for the owners listening. Um, you've heard word of mouth again, um, big marketing concept. It's actually the most true and tried form of marketing. Um, your product is speaking for itself, or in your case, your service is speaking for yourself. Yeah. The product being your body is helping you sell even more, yeah. which is even better. Uh, another aspect right there from the business side that we're hearing a lot about there is it's something that is, it's highly overlooked in terms of business. Discipline. A lot of people think running your own show or doing your own thing is like, oh, it's going to be great. You know, I can wake up whenever I want. And you, you say that, 
No. No, it's not. It's if not like if your clientele is 5 a.m. and that's the only time they can meet, you're going to have to ask yourself, how bad do you really want it? Yeah. yeah. And then actually, it's a little bit even more difficult in your case because you have to get time in even more for your training. Yeah. And I want to talk about that a little bit, too, before we uh, wrap things up. And the third piece there, you talked about you want to get involved with the youth and giving them an outlet um, yeah. as well. Have you thought about, um, one, a space on where to where you would conduct this? And two, have you thought about uh, the monetary side of it or if you or if you would do it maybe pro bono? Um, honestly, I'm still blueprinting, okay. you know, I'm still looking for a base point, a start point, if I, you know, miscorrect. I have to put in a lot of time in training right now, mm -hmm. you know, being an amateur, you have to stay on top of that training. And I also don't want to forget about all the other possibility things I can do. I don't want to limit myself, you know, but me being a fighter, it what's going to sell my business right you know so i just got to stay on top of everything everything has to be keyed in you know you can't slack here or there time you management know. yes sir okay and that's really where i think a lot of the non-business owners are listening this is probably where they're going to get a lot of value from too yeah you got to prioritize things you got to know what to put first second third fourth and what can wait until later for you how do you make those decisions? Uh, for me, I sometimes sometimes you have to prioritize work sometimes over training, which is a little stressful. But it's hard to train without money. You know, you still have to feed yourself. Gas is probably the most expensive bill you don't even know you have. Mm -hmm. You know, so driving back and forth to the gym to go train and driving back to the gym to go to work, driving back and forth to home, you know. It's it's honestly hard to say what is priority one. You know, family needs you at home also, so things get a little bit difficult to honestly decide and say what's first and what's second, you know, when it comes to this. You're a big, uh, you're big for your personal training uh, for yourself. You're big at training at night, right? Huh? You're big at training at night, right? Like you like to train for yourself and yeah. keep yourself conditioned at night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I take it that's when your kids are sleeping and you don't that's have any when other. when they're sleeping. I don't have anything to do. Traffic's low. And I can train, come home, eat, shower, and go straight to bed. You know, don't have to. Training in the morning sometimes, you know, it's a little bit hard on you the rest of the day. You know, trying to go to work and you're sore, you're tired, you were just sweating, running miles, you know, round, doing rounds on the mitts, mm -hmm. and then just going on the rest of your day carrying on like that. It's just a little stressful. You know, you want to get that rest after you train. You want to be able to relax. You know, you want to soak that up. You get me? Definitely. So... You, so you're motivated even after a tough day to still get that in no matter what. Yeah, still get that in. It's hard, man, but you got to do it, yeah. you know, whether it's me training or working out alone or if I'm with my coaches, you know, you got to put that work in no matter what. You got to stay in shape, you know, you got to be ready. Yes, you do. Yeah. So we, we, we talked about a lot already. Um, we talked about growing up in California you finding your personal outlets, exploring other avenues that 
you realize that that wasn't that really wasn't you. You wanted to fight, yeah. and making that happen, moving down here to get even more focused, um, even after working long days, going in and doing what you have to do for your family. Yes, sir. Long term wise, it, no one no one can fight forever. Chuck Liddell tried it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> What and when it's all said and done, what would you want your legacy to be, or what would you want to transition into next? Opening my own business, you know. Um, I know that youth programs can really go far. It's needed worldwide. It's a lot of troubled youth out there. Um, a lot of kids that have been doing, been going through things, making mistakes here and there. Yeah. You know, you need that type of straightforward program, and the schools don't have that. The schools don't offer that. I I can say that right there, that's definitely going to be my long run. And then it's like me being a troubled youth myself growing up, you know, becoming something great, that can send a message to those kids, you know. You can do whatever you want to do, you know, and you can be great at it. You just got to be having to have that dedication, you know, that discipline. You got to be able to learn a straightforward mindset. You know, I know things hurt. Life is a crazy thing, you know, that we have to go through, you know, but you can still make it out of it. You kind of picked the next question right out of my mouth. Um, one thing I do want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into, you talk a lot about your youth and your past, and you're, you're very, you're very proud of where you come from um, and what you're doing now. Uh, you talked about how your father had a, um, a conversation with you before, you know, you're trying to decide what you want to do. You talked about your uh, best friend's um, father, who's a pastor, giving you some guidance as well. Do you think that type of mentorship and guidance is what's really missing within our community, especially, and the reason why some people succeed and others don't? It's missing in our community, especially because the men are not around, you know, and the women, they're becoming lost. You know, it's hard for a woman to turn a boy into a man you know and especially with the world changing every day the things that are going on in the world with our community not even just our community just these kids in general are being attacked with you know it's a lot of things going on in this community right now and as a woman I can I can probably speak for them and say it's tough you know and especially in our community with the men not being around you know guys getting killed every day or going to prison, you know, never coming home, kids not being able to see them. You need that father figure. You need that straightforward mentality. You know, you need some type of militant program going on in your life, you know, especially as a boy, you know, and the little girls need it too. You know, the person who teaches a little girl how they're supposed to be treated by another man is their father, you know, and that's everything. Definitely. If you haven't come up with a name for your foundation or uh, your organization in the future, I, I'm gonna wanna throw a hint out there. Straightforward should be in it um, at some point. Yeah, <laughs> it really should. So, long term wise, we know what you want to do once it's all said and done. Yeah. Uh, w- let me ask you something. I know I know you probably hate answering this question, but when do you think is the time to turn pro um, for you? The time to turn pro. Honestly, I feel like I can make it happen before the year is over. And if not this year, next year, most definitely. The fight's coming up. It's a lot of fights coming up, and I'm ready. 
I'm going to be ready. I'm always going to be ready. My coaches are going to let me know when I'm ready. I'm going to let myself know when I'm ready. The dedication, the mentality, it, it just won't be stopped, man. I'm going to keep pushing forward no matter what. It's getting tough. It's always going to be tough, though. Life in general is going to be tough. And if I'm not doing this, I'm going to be doing something else that's hard also, tough. Everything. It's life. You know, so got to pick your poison. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yes, sir. All right, James, before I let you go here, there's a question I ask everyone. State of the industry question. I, With my background, not only helping people build gyms, um, building my own business, helping others build their businesses, whether it's in uh, the medical space, uh, that just the health and wellness or the fitness space, I've seen a lot and I like to ask everyone this. In your world, in the fight realm, how do you feel about the current state of things? Do you like where it is? Do you like where it's going? What do you, or what would you like to see changed? What's your overall opinion over the state of your industry? Honestly, I feel like just like fighting, personal training is becoming a big competition. You know, um, I feel like fitness has took a big control over the community, and it's not a bad thing, you know, but just like a lot of things that you see on social media, um, some things are just getting out of control, you know. And there's a lot of people out there looking to become personal trainers. You know, a lot of people out there starting their own business. Um, then you got online businesses starting, you know. So just being in the game itself, you know, it's the competition is rising. You know, I honestly, I don't want to say I want to see a change in it. I actually like it. You know, that's something that's pushing me too, competition. You know, you want to be better than the next person, and there's always going to be a next person. You know what? It's never going to be just you. That's one thing I can't say for sure. And I want to I want to elaborate a little more. The fight game. What do you What do you think What do you think so far? The fight game is crazy, man. Um, me when I first started watching it, it was Pride and UFC. Mm -hmm. You know, and then Pride just vanished. You know, and then. Now you got one championship pretty much almost on the same level as Pride, you know, and way bigger than that. You know, they're becoming something, they're becoming a problem, you know. They got some good talent over there. Um, Israel Asanya just got his belt back, UFC, you know, I was happy about that. I honestly can't really speak on where I would rather go. Smart, smart, smart choice. Yeah. Very smart. Jameson, I want to thank you for your time today. Um, I know everyone out there, they got a ton of knowledge from you. Yeah. I know that they're probably going to have a lot of people reaching out just trying to pick your brain on multiple aspects. Yeah. Uh, regardless, I know I say it every time, thank you for everything you do. I know you're going to have a huge impact not only in the lives that you touch through this show, but everywhere you go. For sure. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate yeah. you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.